It's time for the Fantasy Points Podcast, brought to you by FantasyPoints.com. Top-level fantasy football and NFL betting analysis from every perspective and angle, from numbers to the film room, with a single goal to help you score more fantasy points. Time for our second division in our AFC breakdown in the 2021 Virtual Pow Wow Series here at FantasyPoints.com in our sixth division overall. My name is Joe Dolan, and today we're breaking down the AFC North, Baltimore, Cleveland, Cincinnati, and Pittsburgh should be, again, one of the most interesting and competitive divisions in the NFL. And if you're looking for a little bit of a descriptor on this series, uh, go and listen to our NFC East podcast where I break it down uh, with uh, the history of uh, our powwows with Greg Cosell and Adam Kaplan and our staff. And, you know, for the last couple of years, given COVID, that we can't really all get together. And now the fact that we're dispersed all over the country, we do it virtually and we give you guys a little bit of, an, uh, of a view behind the curtain, so to speak, here at FantasyPoints.com. So without further ado, sit back and enjoy our breakdown from an NFL and fantasy perspective of the AFC North part three here of the 2021 fantasypoints.com virtual powwow going on right now. We are covering the AFC this week. We've just wrapped up the AFC East. We're going to move over to the AFC North. And if you're not a subscriber to the website, a ton of content up already early bird miss two one early bird miss 21 save 10% off your subscription. Let's go to Baltimore and let's take a look at the roster here and understand that, yeah, they're going to be a run-based team, but they they are adding more pass targets here, Adam, but I will go to the backfield. I'll start with you, Adam. I think in last year, I was not real high on Dobbins at all uh, because largely because of Gus Edwards. I thought, you know what? They love Gus Edwards. Yeah, you would. Yeah, Ingram is also. Well, yeah, I think that was established that Ingram was in the middle. Of course, he ended up being phased out, but obviously um, Gus and JK, I don't think they'll hand it over like, oh, here you go, JK, you're going to get the ball 320 times, but it does kind of feel that they want Dobbins to step up. He's the guy. And, and kind of emerge is, a little bit more. Dobbins is going to get 15 plus touches a game. If, if he does his job, d- does what he's supposed to do. It's a two-man backfield. I don't know that Justice Hill gets on the field. Dobbins is super explosive. Uh, I, I'm, he's just, he's going to be the guy. You know, you know, you know how much they run the football there. I, my question is, Greg and I know this because we've we've checked into this. We know that they wanted to expand their passing game last year, but you couldn't without an offseason. I'm not saying they're going to be throwing the ball 35 times a game. That will never happen. Uh, based on the, what, the way that they want to run the offense. But, uh, but I'm, I'm interested to see what they do that's different from last year to this year. So am I. Because as, as of now, the way they are on their offense, their pass game is extremely limited. I've talked to numerous coaches, de- defensive coaches, who believe that once they get into a game where they have to throw the football in much more of a drop-back fashion and the run game – cannot be the driving force that they're simply not capable of doing that at this point. So this is a big off season for Lamar Jackson and the pass game overall, because you can get as many wide receivers as you want. And they did, they added Sammy Watkins. They drafted Rashad Bateman. They drafted Tillon Wallace. You can do all that, but unless the offense changes, receivers will go to Baltimore and die. Hmm. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Well, it's, it, wow. I mean, it should be all about 
the outside, like what is Lamar, what can he do on the outside? We know he loves throwing it in the middle of the field to Mark Andrews. Now we need to challenge defenses, you know, more horizontally, right? I mean, that's kind of the point. Can a guy like Rashad Bateman help out? He can line up in a variety of spots. Feels like he could be maybe some of the glue to kind of put things and hold things together here outside of just Andrews in the middle of the field and your shot plays to Hollywood Brown. Well, John, I feel like if, you know, if Bateman is as good as, as we think he is, and they, I mean, don't forget they had a Tylen Wallace too, who, who, should not have fallen to day three. I love Tyler Wallace. Um, if they increase their pass rate by even like one and a half to 2%, Lamar Jackson had, I mean, he already has QB one in his range of outcomes, but he has like ceiling breaking 28 fantasy points per game in his range of outcomes. Cause this, I mean, regardless of his accuracy issues, which have been prevalent for the last two years and especially were prevalent last year. I mean, Lamar is like one of the most efficient quarterbacks on a per play basis. I mean, he, over the last two years, his touchdown rate is 8%. It was 9%. Yep. It was 9% in 2019. It dipped to 7% in 2020, which is exactly. still like top five in the league. Pretty so, decent. Yeah. Yeah, man. I, I just, I love. I'm I with love you. Lamar. No, I've been with you all, all year. year. Yeah. yeah. I'm, all, I'm, all, I'm all into. Um, how about though, Adam, the O-line? Might this be a problem with and, uh, Alejandro Villanueva? It's a good position for him. Um, he he knew his his the couple of teams backed off of signing him as a left tackle. So to get a contract that's decent, this is what he's doing. I find it interesting that the, the Giants who have a bad offensive line or are very average at best didn't think much of Kevin Zeitler. They didn't want him back. The page, the the Ravens jumped in immediately and really gave him a strong contract. So they clearly see what the Giants don't see. Yeah. Um, Ronnie Stanley was, is back from he had a major injury. He's back. Um, you know, Greg's better probably to talk about the other two. We'll, we'll see about the other spots, but it's an okay all O line. Um, Good all I line. remember, um, that Nick Boyle's back. Who's that'll help? Good blocker who blocks. That's what he does. They got a lot of tight ends. I'll tell yeah. you that. I know, and I'll tell you what, Josh Oliver. I know the guy's never played really, but he can He's run. He's a fascinating guy. He's yep, an athletic he tight end. Yeah, I liked him coming out of college. Greg, real quick, back to Dobbins. Uh, Seemed like Dobbins was, yeah, this is what we thought he would be, right? I mean, any, any surprises, anything stand out to you from Dobbins last year? No, I think, you know, don't forget, it's a run-based offense that puts tremendous stress and stress and conflict on a defense. He's in a great spot. I mean, look at Gus Edwards. Gus Edwards carries 140 times a year, averages five yards a carry. Every I mean, year. Yeah, he's done it for three straight years now. I mean, it's a function of Lamar and the offense. That's what this is. It's a the foundation of this offense is the run game. The big question is how much do they move away from that foundation to try to generate a more consistent week-to-week pass game that also co- puts conflict on defenses. I mean, clearly they I don't know what kind of contract Sammy Watkins got Adam, you would know that. It's light. Yeah, it's very light. Yeah. But I mean, obviously, they spent a first round pick on a receiver for the second time in three years. So if you're going to do that, I think you got to start expanding your pass game. Yeah, no doubt. And as bad as it was last year, they were seventh out of 32, obviously, in points four. Do you feel optimistic, Greg, that that Lamar can, you know, return to form, take a step forward, improve? Well, Lamar, first of all, from a fantasy perspective, Lamar will always put up numbers, and we know he's a good quarterback. It's not That's not the point of this conversation. The point of this conversation is 
that coaches in this league know that if you get them in a situation where they have to throw the football, they can't do it very well, which has nothing to do with fantasy numbers. So they have to be in a situation because that's happened in the playoffs in each of the last two years. And they've been knocked out of the playoffs and the goal is to win a Super Bowl. Yeah, I I do feel like if they're playing from behind, you've got a much better chance this year. It was just a bad year all around for, for Lamar. He was down a little bit. I thought Mark Andrews was a little off uh from from last from the year before you know now you had sammy and bateman and all that it all looks uh real good on paper defensively they're in good shape once again overall i mean no real weaknesses here on the defense a lot of good players here i still i'm still waiting for that jalen ferguson to do something of note i I thought he would i thought he was a pretty good uh prospect here um the corner depth they got a lot of alignment i mean they yeah you know, well, of course, now that they've lost Matthew Judon, um, we'll see how it all plays out and who gets more snaps. Tyus Bowser is a very athletic kid. He'll probably replace Judon. And away, they got the kid away in the draft. Oh, yeah. And that oh, Jason away. Yeah. yeah. He's yeah. a freak. Yeah. He, he's, he's, he has to learn how to rush the quarterback. Um, mm. He's he's very athletic. He's ridiculously athletic. Uh, Taven Young, is he was Tavon he Young. always here? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. He was always there. He's a temple. Oh, yeah. Kid. That's hard to believe. Cause he's I'd hurt. I'd, I'd like yeah, missed him hurt. in like 20 minutes. He gets hurt a lot, but he's a pretty, pretty tough feisty player. Let's head on over to Cincinnati. And, you know, Adam and I have talked to multiple insider types. Adam, as you know, like I've asked multiple people, have they done enough on the offensive line? Uh, it all comes down to that for protecting burrow and, you know, blocking it up a little bit for bro mixing for God's sakes. They all say, yeah, but you know, I guess we'll see about Jackson Carmen and all that. But Riley reef is a decent run blocker, at least on the right side. And Bobby Hart. Listen, Bobby Hart was a mistake. That was a mistake from the beginning. As you mentioned, hopefully Carmen could start at guard. Riley reef is an upgrade, not a great one, but he's an upgrade over uh, Bobby Hart. The interior of their, their offensive line was dreadful last season. That's what teams told me that who graded their tape for free agency when they when they you know they grade lines, they grade everything they see. It was it was probably the worst offensive line in football. Not probably was. And they've addressed it in their yeah. mind. I mean, they've done what they can. Yeah. Um, yeah, they could still do more. Hopefully, it'll be better. I mean, how many times do we have to talk about Joe Mixon running into a wall? I mean, that's yeah. That's what the last two years has been like. It's and they Greg, didn't. Do you, they, do you view this as a passing team? I, I oh I, yeah. Yeah, oh, I yeah. look at Boyd, Higgins, oh, yeah. and Chase and say all three are going to get 100-plus yes. targets. For sure, for sure. I would say probably yes. Um, I think the O-line will help dictate how you know just exactly how much. Um, but, um, you know, Burrow, um, I have it on, on, on good reporting that Burrow, Burrow's arm strength apparently has improved dramatically uh, from last year to this year. Hmm. Well, he wants to do more downfield stuff too. And I mean, they got, I mean, they got Chase Boyd and Higgins, you know, and there's very few people who didn't think Jamar Chase could step in and play right now. So that's a pretty good group. And Auden Tate's been a nice player for them because he's gotten snaps over the last couple of years. This is, they got some weapons here. What, what they're lacking is a tight end. So that means you're right, John, those receivers are getting targets. Yep. Graham, uh, Chase Boyd Higgins, are you kind of the old, I'll take the, cheapest one is that where you are with these three um you know i was talking to our our good doctor uh mr porus last week and 
I, I think there was a report that came out that Burrow was close to like 75, 80%. He was throwing with like a sleeve on his leg. And Edwin and I both kind of agreed, like, there's a chance Burrow's not ready until like week four. You know, they just like play a super safe with them and give him like an extra month. Um, but that I don't know about set, that. I don't know about that at all. Really? I don't know where you, yeah, I, I, that's not happening. If he's, if he's taking the, the reps in camp, he's, 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 he's playing. playing. I agree. Yeah. Yeah. No, no, I know. I'm just saying like, you know, they, they just slow roll it uh, as much as possible, but um, uh, back to the pass catchers. Yeah. I mean, and when Burrow was healthy, they were the most, well, not the most, but one of the five most pass heavy teams, regardless of game script, they threw it 62% of the time when the game was within a score. I was up there with like the chiefs, the bucks. Um, yeah. Th- this, all three of the receivers are going to get fed. I, I don't really have like a strong take on who to target though. I'm, I'm a little higher on Higgins in my best ball ranks than I think consensus, uh, maybe a little bit lower on Boyd. Um, but Chase is, is tough right now. Cause he's like a fifth round pick. Um, yeah, Higgins, is, Higgins is probably my favorite target. Um, but yeah, it kind of just depends on, you know, who, who the best value is. I'm not really going into a draft saying I've got to draft one of these three guys. Our guy Joe Dolan, by the way, Graham, uh, apparently his internet just died, but uh, oh, no. it's all good. We, we can pick him up here. Uh, Joe Mixon, we, we know the drill. <clears throat> the guy's got to stay healthy, block it up a little bit. He's a, a stud talent. Graham, if he's ever going to have a, a true breakout, this has got to be it, right? I feel like this has got to be it. Yeah, and no Gio Bernard now. So, you know, he's going to get all that passing down work, which is humongous. That's the th- That's been the biggest thing, John, that's been – holding him back as he's, you know, been behind Gio and passing down situations. They, they use Gio a lot as a pass blocker too. Uh, so yeah, it's going to be mixing on all, all three downs and, you know, uh, the offensive line still is a concern. Burroughs knee is still a concern, but I mean, volume wise, I think this is the year where Mixon's the workhorse and you can now get him at probably the cheapest cost, at least in the last two years. I mean, he's a mid second round pick right now. What was his injury last year? He had a foot problem that the Bengals, I yeah. think, I think they messed up. Yeah, they um, shut him down. Yeah, but I mean, yeah, okay. they said it was a sprain at first, and then he missed like a month, and then they ended up just having to shut him down. It may have been because they were not competitive too, because they lost. Burrow. And I, they I still think, and again, I don't. Him, I but, never knock coaches, but I still think there's more you can do with him in the pass game. Oh yeah. yeah, oh yeah, yeah. I totally agree with that. Mixon well, was Mixon was like still. I don't think anybody's ever going to touch some of Mixon's yards created numbers that I found. I mean, he. He's he was such a fantastic prospect. He's and, very yeah. unique because you usually don't find yeah. guys of his size as, as versatile as he is. He's really gifted. It, it's um, I'm just hopeful that the, the offensive line, I hope to get to their camp this summer. I'm really hopeful that their offensive line gets it together. I, Frank Pollard, John, I think is the coach, right? Yeah. Yeah. Well, second stint there. Yeah. yeah. Yep. Yep. Uh, also, they, they've got a million guys behind Mixon. P. Ryan, Trayvon Williams. They're all that's just an, guys. That's an open competition. I think that Chris Evans out of Michigan is really intriguing, though. He can well, he can play on passing downs. He he missed uh 2019 because of like academic issues, and he barely played last year with COVID and stuff. Uh, but he was like their primary passing down back in 18. Yep. And then Puka Williams is here. I'm mis- I thought he explo- would get drafted. He's an explosive kid. Mm-hmm. He's small, he's explosive. Yeah, Were you tiny. surprised he didn't he went undrafted, Greg? Yeah, I was. He was a draftable player in my view. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, defensively, do we really care? Let's be honest. I'm just keeping it real. No, we don't. We we don't really care about the Bengals for fantasy. We'll worry about, you know, how good of a matchup they are for our op- offensive players later. So let's move on to the Cleveland and uh, you know, status quo. I mean, there's 
no real changes here, Greg. We know what they want to do. We know it's run base and all that, but you know, I'm sure they want to expand things. I think the big thing is downfield throws that I think is what they're looking to do. Um, we'll see if Beckham can stay healthy. Uh, well, the big thing is to me, and I don't know how you guys feel about this is who becomes the number three. I mean, Higgins has been there and, and he's been solid. Um, but they have people's Jones. They drafted Anthony Schwartz with a third round pick. Now he's not a volume target, but that kid can run. So, you know, I'm that to me, and I don't know how, like uh, how Graham feels about it in terms of fantasy, but that to me is the big question is who ultimately becomes the number three as the season progresses. I'm going Higgins there. He does click pretty well with Baker. The problem though, to your point, Greg, like he doesn't have a ton of juice. Um, Schwartz from the slot does. And uh, Peoples Jones is straight line speed is, is pretty good, but and, Graham, he's, and, he's, and he's big too. Yeah, he is big. Graham, I don't think we're that concerned about it for fantasy. It's more of a like in season thing. We'll yeah. see what we see there, right? I mean, you're not real interested here in the third receiver pre draft. Yeah, no, season. Yeah, I think. Yeah, I think you know you nailed it. DPJ is going to be kind of rotational. Higgins will be rotational. This is going to be a twelve personnel team again. Yep. You know, Hooper. Um, kind of disappointed us last year. Um, I actually really like Cooper for best ball because he's literally stolen free right now, like 15th, 16th round. But I mean, they're going to play Brian. They'll play in Joku. Um, once again, I mean, Stefanski has plenty of pieces to kind of move and, and play to his, you know, play off his run game, which is what I fully expect them to do again. I mean, they're going to be, you know, in the top five, you know, top five teams and, and run rate in all situations. Well, one thing I do want to add, and, and John and I probably have talked about this before, with, with, Beckham Jr. returning and Donovan Peoples-Jones you know, was able to play last season. We don't know about Anthony Schwartz's ability to play yet, but I do wonder if Jarvis Landry will be outside more, excuse me, inside more, inside more as a slot receiver, which is yeah. really his best position. Do wonder yeah. if what they'll do. There. Sure. Well, that would depend. I think on the development of Peoples-Jones. Sure. Yeah. That's why I brought it up. Outside. Exactly. I'm, I'm, I'm going to be looking yeah. into that. Yeah, I'm very yeah. interested. You're hundred percent right, Adam. I don't have a great feel for the, the tight ends. I mean, I loved uh, Bryant last year. He was very good, but Hooper did come on down the stretch. I guess Njoku's the real monkey wrench here. I mean, Adam, what, what what's his role? Like, no, well, they surprisingly, i very surprised. They they could have cut him in, in March. First day of March was when his salary became fully guaranteed of $6 million. They kept him, which tells you, once again, and Graham's right, they're not going to change. They're always going to be 12 personnel a heavy base run game with two tight ends. But I just, I found it interesting and um, they wanted to, and I, I don't have the stats to back it up. I know talking to the Browns at the start of the last season, they wanted to use Anjoko at the X. Exactly. You want to do a little of that. They well, needed him with OBJ out. And yeah. But even coming into the season, they wanted to do that because they, you're seeing that trend. We've talked about Waller at the X and, and other teams using tight ends at X. I do wonder if he'll do that more and maybe to get him on the field. Cause I mean, $6 million for a guy who barely contributes is ridiculous. Graham, we all know Nick Chubb is good. Clearly. If you have the gift of sight, you, you know it, but are you with these people? Like there's like this mini uh, army of people who are taking him very proactively, like seven overall. I, yeah. I, don't, I don't get it. I, I don't see how you give the guy more than 30 catches. Yeah, yeah, Hunt's obviously going to be involved once again. Not only, um, not only as a receiver, but on the early down stuff. You know, it was Chubb like 
58-42 with their early down stuff. And Chubb is just that damn good. I mean, you give him the ball 18, 20 times, you give Hunt the ball 10 to 12, and you got the best duo in the, in the league. But, yeah, I think Chubb is – I thought Chubb was being a little overdrafted last year in the late first, and that kind of ended up being wrong just because, you know, so many running backs died. Um, yeah, if he's a top eight, nine pick again, that's that's a bit much for a back who's not going to get any passing down work outside of a couple screens. Joe, uh, you're back. Uh, welcome back. What do you think of Chubb? Like mid second round pick to be um, fair, as opposed to like taking him at seven overall over. I'm, I'm willing to take him late first, early second round. I think you view maybe, I mean, again, you look at this guy and his talent level. It's stupid. I mean, it's incredible how good he is. Um, he's, he's in that cam makers, Najee Harris kind of range for me. Um, and again, like we were saying with best ball, if I do, if I do 10 drafts and I have 10 spots at the, at the 12, 13, the first, second round turn, I might go acres, Harris, one draft. I might go acres, Chubb, another draft. I might go Chubb, Harris, one draft. So it, I have him in that range. I'm just worried about again, Kareem hunt being there. I mean, if Kareem Hunt wasn't there, we'd all take him top three overall and feel really good about it. Um, but I, I, the talent is there. He's produced despite it. He's not somebody who's going to lose goal line carries to his quarterback. I'm I'm totally cool with Nick Chubb as my RB1, uh, depending on where I draft. Yeah, I think people are going a little overboard. To me, it's all about plugging in the, the catch totals as it relates to PPR fantasy points and all that. Um, but let's move on to the defense real quick, Adam, because – Dare I say, they may have some fantasy juice. If um, Newsom works out. Yeah, they're going to be better. I know I know they were. They knew they had a sort of a mishmash at, at linebacker last year. They feel a lot better about it. They, Delpit's coming back from his Achilles injury. Uh, we'll see how he does. They're very high on him. John Johnson comes in, pretty good free agent safety. Ronnie Harrison did a good job filling in last season. Newsom is a first-round pick. Troy Hill, yeah, they've re- they fortified their secondary, which was not good last year. They've really addressed it. The only question I have is, Greg has told us about Clowney. He's not a good pass rusher. Tack McKinley's done nothing as a former yeah. first-round pick. Yeah, yeah. Helping Garrett out on the other side is, is my question. I just don't know if they're going to have enough of a consistent pass rush other than Garrett. But I agree, though. They've really helped themselves this offseason in secondary and linebacker. Yeah, I think they have a chance. that We've got them in our top. Uh, oh, they 12. for fantasy, man. Some weeks they were very good with turnovers. Did yeah, they have a ton of turnovers last year. I mean, I don't have the numbers in front of me, but you know, I plugged in digits that were very fair based on last year and the improvements, and they came out at eleven. Uh, anything else here on on the Browns? I mean, I mean, we've covered it all. I, I don't know how we could talk about Harrison Bryant's upside this year i don't know if he has any no but one thing on mayfield so he obviously played well right oh yeah he, he put himself to, and stefanski is a uh and van pelt did a great job understanding what he is as a quarterback so using your question because you're always wondering john can this guy be better because you and i don't agree on josh allen we're slightly different in our thought process how much better can mayfield be for fantasy now that beckham's back yeah greg and and to piggyback you told us for the first month of the season that he was not comfortable. He was not pulling the trigger. He was like Hmm. slow processing. And then he turned a corner and it seemed like he actually balled out down the stretch here. I mean, how good was Baker down the stretch in your mind and compared to how much he grew from earlier in the season? Well, 
I think that's just comfort with a new offense and an offense that actually fits him very well. And I would expect with a normal offseason that that will continue to grow. Uh, you know, Baker Mayfield is, is a good player. He throws the ball well. He's got pretty quick feet. You know, he's not a runner per se, but he can move a little bit. But he's a, you know, if you go back to what he was in college, he was a rhythm player. The ball came out um, and he, you know, a lot of people thought that he was a movement guy and he really wasn't. He played in structure with in rhythm and with timing. And that's what the, the Kevin Stefanski offense is. And it presents those kinds of reads and throws for him. So I would expect Baker Mayfield to continue to, to incrementally improve. And if Beckham can be healthy, it just gives them more options in the pass game, uh, more dimensions in the pass game. What do you think of his ability to, to throw the deep ball they're, they're run based they're run heavy they want to go deep a little bit more put defenses on their heels what do you think of his ability uh well deep balls a relative career, term john three you years know, it depends on what kind of deep ball you're talking about i mean normally you're not just dropping back and winging it down the field deep ball can be a number of things yeah you can you can throw a go route you can throw a post um you know these are all structure design plays and a yeah. lot of those throws are spot throws they're not just you know drop back and heave it yeah. So, uh, let me ask um, you this. How much I, I, I'm assuming you believe he's a little more talented than Kirk Cousins, but but how much more talented than Kirk Cousins? I think he throws it better than Kirk Cousins. Yeah, so, that's kind of uh, what I mean. Yeah. Consistently making down more downfield throws. I think that's what they want. That's what they want to grow this year. Baker has a sneaky kind of strong arm. Yeah, I like, would agree with that 100. percent It's not like a top five, top eight arm, but I mean, he's he's he can make. And the way that his arm, I think, I, I, what I would say about his arm is 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 it's more live than than power. Like yep. he's not a power thrower, but I think there's some juice to his arm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Hey, Adam, real quick, have you heard anything about if they're going to get a deal done with Baker this offseason? I would be very surprised if they did, okay. uh, because they don't need to. They they. Now, I know Andrew Barry, the GM, didn't really, really think that they're connected, what happened with Wentz and Goff. But I think teams are learning now that because Mayfield's been up and down, I mean, sure, certainly looks like the, the hour's way up. But considering the way that he played two years ago, and we, we, know, the, we know the reasons. We've been over this because of the coaching. Right. Things right now are in a good place. There's really no reason for them to do it. The reason why teams do it early is because they get a discount. They 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 – they give they get a discount on, on signing guy early. That's why you would do it. But I'd be very surprised. It, w- it wouldn't make much sense to me uh, okay. to do it right now. But this is the time that you do the ext- This is when Wentz did his extension oh. in June of um, June of what was it? Nineteen? Yeah. Wow. It's crazy. Final team to cover here. Where we I know we're all probably late for lunch here. Yep. Pittsburgh Steelers and Matt Canada takes over Adam uh, as the office coordinator and. Uh, I guess we all assume when that happened, oh, I guess we're not going to sling it all over the field like we did with Fer- uh, Randy Feekner. Then all of a sudden, uh, now we got Najee Harris. So, you know, how much of the offense do you think is, is going to change? Obviously, we're going to balance I, I it would out expect here. Them, I would expect them to stretch the field more. I, I'm not seeing a lot of dink and dunk. Part of it is because Roethlisberger's almost two years removed from the elbow surgery. So I expect them to expand it downfield more. I think is from what I understand, his arm is fine. They're, they're, they don't feel like they need to do that. The, the one question, and it has you and I were talking about this uh, this morning on our show. Their offensive line's got some serious question marks. I yeah. would agree with that. I serious would agree question with that. marks. Yeah, and that I'm not. They're not going to be. I, I 
based on what I've done a little background check on Canada and, and what they want, they do not want it to be as pass happy. No. In terms of volume, I, I don't have the, the stats in front. I don't, what was Rossberger per uh, per game on pass attempts? Um, bet you he was 42. I'll right. They're it. not wanting that anywhere close to that. I'm thinking 30, you know, maybe mid 30s, which is right. maybe a little bit above the league average. Unless they're behind, which their defense should be still pretty good. It's going to be, he's going to be way down in pass attempts because that's what they want. And Najee Harris is going to have to get the football. They, I remember we talked to Zach Banner on uh, NFL radio. He was so, he was really disappointed in the run game and he felt bad that he couldn't play. I expect him to make a commitment to it and be less pass happy. Yeah. So that's 40.1 attempts last year in 15. 40. Point, well, 40.5, actually. 40, 40 and a half. I would, I would expect to be 33, 35. That's that area, too many. Maybe What's that? That's too many. Well, yeah, also, you also have, right, now this year, but Juju's back. That was a surprise. That's a surprise. That, that I didn't see coming. It doesn't mean they're going to throw it 40 times a game. They're not going to. That, there were some weeks that Greg talked to, to us about it. It was ridiculous. How many times did they have Roethlisberger drop back? It was also very predictable. That was the other problem. There was it no also, rhythm Greg, to their pass game. None. It also seemed like they had no confidence in the downfield throws based on the play calling. And all I don't that. see. I had people tell me that would know <laughs> that they w- did not think Ben was ready yet with his with his coming off his surgery. But then, so was it the what was the game where people joked that Ben took over the play calling? They started slinging it when they were behind. Was it the playoff game against the Colts? They threw the ball downfield. I mean, the, the, he threw a tutty to Deontay down the stretch. That was real okay. nice on the right okay. side. I just know that there was a point where they, his arm clearly looked like it was back. When they do throw it, I do, based on what I've heard, they're going to be throwing it downfield more. Greg, uh, confidence level based on that comment. Uh, I'm sure you saw some moments where you maybe question the, you know, the strength of the well, arm. Throwing but... it downfield doesn't mean you're throwing it more. You know, that's the thing. I mean, I exactly. think people are saying too. Right. Yes. Right. I mean, I, look, far be it from me to say what, what's going on in the minds of the Steelers coaches and personnel department. But if you draft Najee Harris with the first pick in the draft and Pat Fryermuth with the second pick in the draft, I got to believe that you believe as a team that you're going to run the ball a lot more than they did a year ago. Najee Harris is a volume back, okay? And Roethlisberger, at t- to me at this point in his career, is not a quarterback you want dropping back 40-plus times a game by choice. So to me, in an ideal world, now the offensive line is a question. That, that's a given. But to me, it seems you want to line up in such a way. And Roethlisberger's not been real receptive to playing under center. That's going to be another question for this Mm. offseason and as we go through training camp. But you want to be in a situation where you're going to get eight in the box and you can work the outside with guys who can run, Claypool and Deontay Johnson. And that's how you can throw it down the field by design with with manufactured, schemed vertical shots. that's different than just putting him in the gun and saying, let's start throwing it all around the yard. So that's what I think they're going to do. No shortage of uh, viable options with, with Juju back. And then of course, Claypool exceeded expectations. Deontay still have James Washington who can sneak it downfield here and there. So they're fairly loaded and they're going to be more balanced. A lot of talent in the skill positions, period. And it's tight in with Ebron and Fryermuth. period. Uh, it's just a question of this O line. But it sounds like, Greg, they can perhaps mask the deficiencies of the O-line with 
balancing it out, savvy play calling, working off the run. You know, if Harris has success. Um, well, one this- thing about Harris is he's a contact runner, so he can gain yards even if it's not blocked really well. He's a physical contact Exactly. Runner. A little bit of a creator for a big guy. A little bit. Good Greg, receiver. What did you think of the two uh, linemen they drafted, Kendrick Green and Dan Moore? I know you watch both of I them. I like both of them quite a bit. Yeah. Kendrick Green I really like. He played both center and guard. Um, I don't know where they have him. You know, Obviously, he's not going to play right guard to catch. Yeah, they have him working out at center, Greg, because the big thing is like they have he, – he has Pouncey's number, and like Ben Ben said today he's like confused or something. Right, well, so, I, I like Kendrick Green a lot. Yeah. Um, Dan Moore I, I, I did too. He came from Texas A&M. Um, I thought he was a really good prospect relative to where he got drafted because um, all he did when I watched his tape was block all these SEC pass rushers, and he did it well. So um, I thought he was a legitimate left tackle prospect. And again, without knowing the kid, given who they have listed at the tackle positions right now, if he has a good offseason and training camp, I think he would have a chance to start at left tackle. Backup running back spot here is a little up in the air. Uh, Anthony McFarlane, is he the backup or is he just a, viewed as a complimentary guy? Do yeah, complimentary. I, now, could he wind up taking the job? Sure, because Benny Snell really struggled. And your guy Balazs is there, so the, the job's open. And Jalen Samuels is still there. Wow. Oh, it's unbelievable. Yeah. I mean, this guy's done nothing. It's but incredible. McFarlane will have a chance and when they get to training camp. He'll have a chance to work, to work his way in there to a pretty good role. I just don't see him being able to carve out a nice little complimentary role as they look to get Harris going. Like, well, get it, but get give some explosiveness to compliment yeah. Harris. Yeah. yeah. Uh, defensively, I don't know. Yeah. I, I've been on their defense the last two years. I'm, I'm still fine with them. I, we think we have them at three. I'm just – I feel like a drop-off is coming. Like, Adam, there's some concerns in this secondary – well, corner, you know, Joe Hayden's up there. Yeah, the, the the one issue they have on defense is that corner opposite Hayden. Yeah, yeah. It's 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 a little questionable. It's they got the one kid who got in trouble off the field, and then what do they really have? Um I was surprised that they didn't really address it. That was a little bit of a surprise. That in the O line. Well, that's was... uh, that could be look from a talent standpoint, other than DeCastro, where's the talent on their offensive line? It's a good point. It's a legitimate question. Well, yeah. I know the I kid mean, at left tackle, uh, um, our guy uh, out there. Okorafor. Okorafor. Yeah. yeah. I, I know it's, I talked to uh, a couple of beat writers who, who do think pretty highly of him. We had to play last year. I mean, we'll, we'll see full time. I don't know. It did pretty well, actually. So um, that's the storyline to keep an eye on. Otherwise, you know, pretty loaded. And Harris is good. They'll run the ball. One thing we should talk about from a fantasy standpoint here is if if the Steelers aren't going to be dropping Ben back 40 times a game, which they obviously don't want to do, what does that do to somebody like Deontay Johnson, who, I mean, his entire fantasy – and we like Deontay Johnson, but his entire fantasy production was based on volume. Um, If they're going to throw the ball downfield a little bit more, not to say Deontay can't go get it, I'm beginning to wonder – Chase Claypool might be the best bet here. Wow. I don't know. That's a good – that's certainly a fair point and a good a good point. I feel like we have him at 19, Deontay. Normally a guy who fits that profile, we're going to rank higher, but I'm, I'm somewhat conservative. It, I'll open it up to the floor. I mean, we've got him at 82 grabs. Is that too much? Um, because, Graham, wouldn't, wouldn't Juju back limit Claypool's snappage, though? Actually, it was James Washington. 
that limited uh, Juju snaps. What they did is they they rotated Washington in like midseason, which I I kind of didn't understand. I mean, I know Big Ben and Washington are boys, but um, I don't know. The, I mean, the you know beyond the offensive line, I'm I'm actually more concerned that Roethlisberger's arms just shot like. He was when they threw beyond 10 yards last year, Roethlisberger was in the bottom 10 of the NFL in accuracy. Like if you look at any type of metric um, and that's on top of the fact that his average depth of target was like down near Drew Breesian levels. Like I, you know, I, I hear you that they want to, they want to open it up more. They want to throw deeper more. They want to scheme that up more. And I, I'm sure they do. Uh, but I think what will end up inevitably happening over, you know, now a 17 game season is I, I just don't think Roethlisberger has the pop in his arm to really stretch the defense consistently for 17 games. I, I think they're going to, they're going to have to go back to some of the shallow, the shallow stuff with Deontay and Juju. And I think a part of the reason they drafted Harris in the first round is so big Ben has a binky, you know, to kind of check down to, I mean, Najee <laughs> Harris, Najee Harris, man, is, is like one of the best, pass catching running backs I've seen after the catch in the last six years. I mean, the, the dude, you know, broke um, Christian McCaffrey and Alvin Kamara. They're the top two guys I've ever charted and missed tackles for his perception. Harris like blew them out of the water. Um, I, I just, I just think that this, this offense, you know, they're going to throw it. They're going to try and stretch the field with Claypool a little, but I still think at the end of the day, this is going to be a, a very shallow average depth of target team and just a run after the catch team. And they have the guys who do that between Deontay and, and Harris and, and Claypool. Yeah. Deontay is a tough call. I mean, 88 grabs last year in 15 games, he did miss parts of other games. So I thought my 82 projection was, was fair, but Joe mentioned Claypool. Yeah. I mean, he could be more productive for fantasy with the Claypool touchdown. Definitely has the bigger ceiling. He has a bigger ceiling for sure. From like who does? a weekly Claypool definitely has a bigger ceiling from like a weekly perspective. Like, right. you know, I mean, he's got that 150 for five grabs and two touchdowns, whereas Deontay doesn't really have that. Also, Juju is not easy to break down either, by the way. Juju's, John, Juju's been like one of the hardest players to figure out this offseason, I think. I, I really don't know what to do with him because he's I didn't so know cheap what to now. Do with him last year. He's like a seventh or eighth round pick now. I mean, we've got him at 79 catches for 705. And six studies. If they change the offense a little bit, will they use him a little bit more, less uh, like a running back, like a handoff? I mean, they his average depth of the target was like a, a yard last year, it seemed like. A uh, lot of weapons, a lot of confusing, hard to really come up with a bunch of strong definitive statements other than Najee Harris is good. And uh, that's about it, really. I mean, Deontay, you know, needs to clean it up a little bit, but we still, I still believe in him. I'm still going to take him over Claypool, but Joe, you make a good point. And uh, my point is also good that we're done and we're wrapping it up here for the day. Just wrapped up the AFC East and North. And if you missed the NFC, you could chat, catch it on the site, fantasypoints.com on demand, fly on the wall. You sit and watch us, you know, talk through every team in a league. Tomorrow we'll be back for the AFC South and West to wrap it up. Don't forget the promo code. If you haven't subscribed yet for an early bird special is early bird miss 21. Early bird miss 21. Use that promo code and save 10% off. We thank our guy, Ben Kukanis on the other side of the glass. He'll be doing some post-production stuff as well. I'm going to wrap it here for Joe Dolan and Greg Cosell and Adam Kaplan and Graham Barfield. Thanks a lot to those guys. Thanks for watching out there on the interwebs. I'm John Hanson. We'll catch you tomorrow with the final installment of the fantasypoints.com offseason powwow.
Thanks for tuning in to this edition of the Fantasy Points Podcast. Remember to subscribe, rate, and review on your favorite platform. And come join the roster at FantasyPoints.com. Yeah.